this time on episode 501 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We are talking the 2024 Disney Plus show, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, season two, episodes one through seven. I'm Doc. Issues from Capes on the Couch, a show that examines the mental health issues of comic book characters, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Raised on X-Men, empowered by the Avengers, strengthened by the Defenders, webbed by Spider-Man, adopted by the Fantastic Four, and forged by S.H.I.E.L.D. Stand by for your Marvel debriefing. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. The show is recorded on Saturday, March 2nd, 2024, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast L-E-S-Y. Come and join our live chat as we record. Today, we're going to be discussing Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Season 2. And Michelle, we got seven episodes for everybody. Yes, we do. The Great Beyonder. When Moon Girl and the Beyonder become stranded on a desolate alien planet, the two set out to find a rumored black hole in hopes of getting home. Suit up. When Lunella tries to juice up her new super suit, she goes overboard and accidentally juices up a dangerous desert scorpion. Belly of the Beast. When Devil Dinosaur eats a dangerous Moon Girl gadget, Lunella and Casey must shrink themselves to retrieve it. Ride or die. When Moon Girl must transport Quick Whip to S.H.I.E.L.D., keeping the criminal in custody becomes harder than she imagined. Kid Cree. Moon Girl's rivalry with a teenage super foe Kid Cree threatens her budding friendship with his human alter ego, Marvin. Wish Tar. When the Beyonder gives an arcade machine, the ability to grant wishes, Lunella is pumped to use it. Make it, don't break it. When IS-833 gets an impressive science teacher, Lunella is so eager to impress her that her drive toward perfectionism starts doing more harm than good. Lauren, what'd you think? Oh, okay, so this season is really connecting with me. I loved the first one, but this is just kind of getting me. Chris? This is going to be the season of existential dread, isn't it? Perhaps, Michelle? I enjoy the continued vibe from season one with the art style and music. Yeah, it definitely kept me motivated on the elliptical this week, watching a couple episodes each night. Michelle, you have divided these seven episodes into four main themes, identity, pressure, friendship, and treating people better. We're going to start with identity. What do you think, Michelle? Well, Mimi is ready to reveal her secret and tries to encourage Lunella to do the same. And Lunella is not quite ready yet. Which is totally understandable because you can see how protective Lunella's parents are already. And they don't even know that she's going out in the night and not only not sleeping, which is bad. Everybody should get their sleep. But she's fighting super villains. And some of these ones are probably people that could kill her except this is a kid show so they won't yeah there's a okay so 
the theme of this season, besides the existential dread, seems to be being true to yourself. And I know I'm biased, but I saw a lot of parallels to queer identity in the first seven episodes we saw. We outright get Mimi telling Lunella, you can come out whenever you're comfortable. Later on with the the Cree, like Kid Cree, it's the whole, your parents expected you to be one way and turns out you are not that way and you're trying to squeeze yourself into a box. We see with Quick Whip, she just wanted to be a pastry chef and life circumstances were not kind to her. So she fell in with somebody who was basically using her and she just wants to be a pastry chef. We're seeing a lot of that and it's, again, really connecting. Really good pastry chef. Michelin level pastry chef. We're all hungry for breakfast. So, you know, just had to throw that in there. And also for identity, I'm just going to throw this one in there. It was almost a throw off in the first episode we watched, but it was Devil Girl and Moon Dinosaur. I want to see that pair again, talking about identity and alternate identities. Not exactly the theme that Michelle was going for, but it is a comic book identity thing. So I just want to throw that out there. I want to see Devil Girl and Moon Dinosaur again. They were fun. All right. Let's move on to the second one. Uh, pressure. Michelle, what you got for that? Lunella has to fix all the problems herself or bury them. And we're seeing that in the form of panic attacks. Very serious one, too. Yep. Don't know anything about that at all, <laughs> ever. And really, a lot of this, too, stems from Lunella sees herself as the best. Everybody is telling her she's the smartest person. She's the best person. All that stuff. And when she's shown evidence that she might not be the best at something that she previously thought she was, she has that breakdown. And that's a hard thing to come to grips with when you've gotten to go your whole life. Maybe not coasting by, but at least getting the recognition that you're the smartest person there. And you know, when you're suddenly not the smartest person in the room anymore, that's a big shock. So I'm a former gifted and talented kid, former honors program kid. Yeah. And uh, now I have depression, anxiety and regular panic attacks. Yeah. It's almost like this is a pattern when kids are trying to put too much on themselves and then suddenly you realize you're not always going to be the smartest person in the room. You're not, you know, that things aren't the way that you thought they were. And it's incredibly upsetting. I thought that the panic attacks in particular were a very, very good portrayal of panic attacks. I have had to deal with this my whole life as well. You know, I am a rocket scientist and I play a rocket scientist at work, but I am not the smartest one in the room. Uh, sometimes I am, but most of the time I am not. And that is something I've had to come to deal with for a very long time at work. But uh, what I know from what I do at work from multiple different angles is everybody requires some help at some point in time. 
even the smartest of people, they get down some rabbit holes and you're like, Ooh, let, let me help you out there. And then everybody needs time to process events. Even at work, you know, you got some major event that occurs or school, you have finals week or something like that. You have to take time to process that stress and just decompress and then reset yourself. You can't go from one thing to another too many times. And it's just a thing that you have to do. So Lunella here is dealing with her very first really big pressure when she gets thrown into this alternate unit. Well, different planet. It's not an alternate universe, but different planet. And she is faced with her existence, basically not being there, being cut off from her family and having to try to get back. And it's a traumatic event at the very beginning of this season. And I think it's still affecting her even into episode seven. I haven't watched beyond episode seven, but I think it's still affecting her at episode seven. So we'll see how the second half of the season goes there. So one thing that I really did like about that whole processing thing is you also see various different ways that people process their trauma. Lunella panics. Casey becomes incredibly clingy and tries to control things because she couldn't control anything before. And there's a couple of depictions, most notably with Dr. Ojo, of kind of repeating the cycles that traumatized you and then, you know, making the effort to break those cycles. But you also saw from Casey and Mimi, especially different ways to help people out when they're going through this thing. And they were all very good. Moving on to the third theme of these seven episodes, we're going to talk about friendship, Michelle. Yanella and Casey, you know, have this great friendship and they decide to move in together. However, you can spend too much time together when you're working together, when you're playing together. It becomes a lot, especially if you've got a theme song that someone keeps playing over and 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 over again. Even I didn't blame Lunella when she built that device so that Casey only heard the song because it can be a lot. Serious college flashbacks to uh, my sophomore year roommate who would play the same song over and over and over and over. True story. My freshman year at college, I was not allowed to have music in my room. And it was our entire class. We could not have music for a year. And it really affected a lot of people, some people more than others, but it really did affect the atmosphere not having music available so you could go to that extreme as well were they just afraid of new technology no it was it was military training to be honest with you but was singing allowed not in the dorms i mean (sighs) yeah it was allowed but like nobody did it You, you were so busy just trying to survive that nobody really got into it now there were other ways around it you could be in extracurricular activities and experience it you could like a lot of the football players they would have to juice up they would have sony walkmans or the discmans at the time they would have those and they would be able to get their jam on before the games but you couldn't have anything in the dorms 
Well, I guess it did prevent situations like that. That song has been in my head since I watched the episode. I made sure I only watched the episode once because I was done with the song. But yeah, there again, there seems to be a real theme of like stronger together this season. I would say even the people that come in and out. So not the main characters, but the characters you see once or once in a while. That's same with life. Even those people are important. And some examples in this series of the first seven episodes, the second episodes, you got Merle and Matsui with the uh, I need the hot tomato soup or a story, hot tomato, not soup, but hot tomato story. I need that at some point in time. Quick wit, quick wit, quick whip, Kid Cree and Dr. Ojo. Those are just some examples of the first seven episodes of people that are important. And you get the sense that you're going to see some or all of these again. So it's, it's really important to know and be able to experience these sorts of friendships and make each other better along the way. And the science teacher, you know, he's so supportive, even though he can't do science worth crap. Herbeck. <laughs> he's such, a, she's such a card there. So I had to look up hot tomato. And first of all, I found out there are a lot of restaurants called hot tomato. But when I looked up hot tomato slang, apparently it's slang for a passionate woman, an unusually brazen or tough woman. And I think that's very fitting for them. Yeah. Also makes sense why they wouldn't want to tell Lunella the story. (laughs) Yeah. Did you get the NASA vibes from them? Oh, yeah. Okay. There was even a Katherine Johnson mention. Which, Mm -hmm. yes. I believe we talked about Katherine Johnson in the first season. Mm-hmm. Right, anything else on friendships? You have to respect your boundaries that you have set up. And don't move people's things around in their space. It's how they want it to be for a reason. I definitely have not tried to move things in my wife's sewing room. And that's a real thing because I know that she will kill me. <laughs> yeah. I've been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah, look, some of us have a system in place. And that system may not be aesthetically appealing, but it works for us. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, where is Casey getting all this money for all this organizational stuff? Influencer deals, maybe? I don't know. Maybe? She said she entered a lot of like (sighs) social media contests and stuff. So that could also... yeah. She also she said she had thumb cramps from that, if I remember the episode. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the final theme of these seven episodes, Michelle, treating people better. Yeah. When does someone become a friend? You know, with the Beyonder, with Kid Cree, when Lunella needs to use her words better. When she is interacting with the Beyonder, with Kid Kreen, with other people, even Quick Whip, when she's trying to figure out who's a villain, needing to learn the lesson over and over again about how to treat people, how to use your words, and how to communicate with others. Communication is very key when you're trying to learn how to treat people. And understanding the way that they're understanding you, because 
Lunella, yes, she has to treat the Beyonder better. That's a given. But she also knows that the Beyonder is going to take her words literally in a lot of the same ways that Genie's doing stories and the Monkey's Paw does in that story. So, you know, she probably should not have said that she wanted to give Bobby the myth the baddest piano because, okay, the Beyonder's just a silly guy who has a kind of a evilish streak going to him with things. Maybe more devilish is better. You know, of course, he's going to eventually say, all right, cool, I'm going to make a bad piano. And they use different meanings for bad. So we got to see several examples of unhealthy relationships so far. We got Casey being kind of smothering. We got the Beyonder being extremely, like, kind of a pushover in some ways, just incredibly overgiving. We saw people pressuring because they thought that by doing so, they were helping, like Marvin's dad and Dr. Ojo. And we saw manipulation in the form of Lady Bullseye and Quick Whip. Get to your reflection corner, Lauren. (laughs) Not another reflection corner. By the way, I loved the voice acting there, that just very light and sweet tone combined with the horrible things she's doing plus the animation was just perfect for me kaylee swears that that was a former elementary school teacher especially in the younger grades i can see that but uh yeah people do well when supported in healthy ways and i would really like lunella to stop taking her friends for granted She has a really bad habit of doing that. We saw it in season one. We're seeing it here even more. She's got a definite relationship with Devil Dinosaur. And I was noticing different things where she was asking him to do things. And she never really does a lot for him in this series so far in in the season here. uh, Episodes one through seven. You're right, though. She doesn't seem to do a lot for him. She did introduce him to hot dogs, which is very important. And she does provide him the safe place to live and everything. But yeah, it is a lot of asking Devil Dinosaur to do things. There's only so much grace you can earn from hot dogs. Yep. Because I found out there's only so many hot dogs that I can eat. That's for sure. Yeah, none of us here are Joey Chestnut or whatever that guy's, the, the hot dog guy. Thank dog for that, because that would be disgusting. Uh, Competitive eating. I'm not a fan. So, Lauren, you wanted to give some shout outs to some of the voice actors that we saw and heard during this seven episodes. Yes, we got a lot of new voices this season. So far, we have had Edward James Olmos as the molecular man. We've had Jack K. Harry, a comedian and actress that I really like, as um, I'm blanking on her name, but she is uh, one of the friends from the second episode, one of the Hot Tomatoes. Merle or Matsui? Merle. Okay. We had Robin Thede as Quick Whip. We had Jola Maradueña from Blue Beetle and Cobra Kai as Marvin and Andy Garcia as his dad. We had Ephraim Sykes as Bobby the Myth. And we had Cynthia Erivo, Oscar nominated. I forget if she won, 
but she's also going to be Elphaba in the Wicked movie movies that are coming out later this year. And I was so happy to have her. I I do like Cynthia Erivo. And, and let's not forget the Beyonder. Lawrence Fishburne being a silly little guy is so much fun because he's always so serious in like everything. Just let him be a silly little guy. Not really little, but yeah, silly guy. Yeah. Okay. Silly little guy is a state of mind. Okay. So in the episode Ride or Die, Lou, Casey, and Devil were looking forward to watching the series finale of The Old and the Dutiful. So my question for everybody this week is, what are some of the last series finales you had to experience live? And of course, we were a podcast that started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I definitely am going to throw that one on the list. But there's also All Good Things from Star Trek The Next Generation, The MASH, which is really, I believe, the most watched season finale in history. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, at least two of us were from a community <laughs> on Battlestar Galactica. And I know, Michelle, you also watch Battlestar Galactica, so that was another one. Uh, to get a little bit more mainstream, you got Friends, The Office, The West Wing. I like Justified and the Americans, so I'm going to throw those in there. And so we're going to have to expand this to not just linear television, but also streaming television, because that's what it's been for the last few years. But what has everybody got there? You got a series or multiple series that you were just really looking forward to the finale episode? Well, the one I have is sort of bittersweet because we had the Starling Tribune and we did the podcast. So looking forward to Arrow's finale, seeing how all that wrapped up. That was kind of a weird finale, given what had happened just previous to that as well. With the crisis. Yeah. The only thing that we really try to rush and see as early as we can is Taskmaster. (laughs) Because everything else, you know, we'll watch it when we get around to it. But Taskmaster is like, no, that's out. We're watching it that day, the next day. No matter what. Lauren, you got anything outside that list? I've been trying to think what the most recent finales that I kind of watched. Okay, so I don't have cable anymore, so it's hard to watch the final episodes of things live. But the most recent things where I was like, okay, watch them the day they premiere or at least the next day. Reservation Dogs and Our Flag Means Death are two of the ones that I watched most recently, like within the day that they aired. So I'm going to throw this out to our listeners, to our viewers. If you have a series, and I know a couple that I didn't say specifically, because I'm looking forward to other people saying them. But if you have a series that you just had to watch the finale as soon as you could, let us know. You can get a hold of us on our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash discord. Or you can get a hold of us on our X at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. So let's go through final thoughts for these episodes, Michelle. The montage of women doing science was the best. 
I will say even the science kids were fun to watch here. Chris? I'm really interested in seeing how Lunella handles the pressure of everything that's been coming toward her this season. And if she finally tells her family about the hero identity, because they have to wonder why Moon Girl is helping them set up things at the rink all the time. I can't wait till we get to the end. Oh, honey, we knew. <laughs> Lauren? So I joke a lot about series for younger kids being baby's first ex. Like Clone Wars was baby's first friendly fire, things like that. This was like baby's first learning to process trauma in a healthy way. And I like that. As for me, I'm looking forward to another week on the treadmill watching these episodes. The next time we are going to talk about the second half of the second season, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, season two, episodes eight through 14. And with that, that's all I got this week. We'll see everybody next time. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. Lauren, you reminded me with the Clone Wars things. Bad Batch. I need to finish. I'm rewatching. I'm at the end of season one right now. The last season is starting really good. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else think that Marvin's dad was just Omni-Man, though? <laughs> That's another show I still need to watch. I had to look. That's where Andy Garcia came in. Great performance. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. The intro music heard on this podcast is Great Marvels of the World by Lynn Publishing, found on Pond5.com. The outro music heard on this podcast is Cinematic Trailer by Ed Records, found on AudioJungle.net. Other transitional music on this podcast is found on Incompetech.com, AudioJungle.net, and Pond5.com. For more information about this podcast, please visit legendsofshield.com. Excelsior! So I might have gone a little bit overboard getting art at the comic thing here. <laughs> oh. Do you have to sell your house? <laughs> no. And it's not overboard, is it? <laughs> I will let y'all be the judge of that. <laughs> we are very judgy. I mean, we are a review show, after all. I really need to finally like frame and put up all the art that Scott and I have bought at conventions over the years. Hey, finally have the house, so... Yep, I just need to, you know, do it. Do you know what's going to go where? Not really. Need to kind of reacquaint myself with what we have. Most of them aren't very big, but we have a couple that are sizable. And it's sort of like, okay, do we put like all the fantasy art in one room? Do we put the sci-fi art in a certain room? Do we just kind of go with vibes? How are we going to do this? Sure, I I do the rooms. That way, you know, when you role play then you can have the setting for it. <laughs> I mean, what you do in your house is what you do in your house. Oh, God. <laughs> that took a second for you, didn't it? Yeah.
I am caught up on Halo. I still need to catch. I we we watched the first episode. We're like, okay, we're liking this, and then haven't got back. It's a lot darker and more broodier than season one. That's for sure. And then I, due to situations beyond my control, I have not been able to devote time to Masters of Air. Masters of the Air. I'm too behind there, but still looking forward to catching up on that this weekend. And I found the original Dune, not the original, but the, you know, 2021 Dune oh, movie yeah. on Hulu. Yes. So that is where I will be watching it. It has hopped around the past year. So right now it's on Hulu. But Yeah, we're lucky enough to have that and Children of Dune on disc. Did you get the first one on uh, Blu-ray? Is that what you got? I think they're both on DVD. Okay. Like, we happened to find them. Hell, I think we found them at Fry's when we were still living in Houston. Oh, the original all Dune? Of those closed. I was talking about the 2021 Dune, but... Oh, okay. I thought you were... Okay. No, I watched that one before the, the original... Uh, the <laughs> before the 2021 Dune movie came out. I've been kind of really wanting to rewatch the David Lynch version. I could see that. I have no it's desire wild. to. I watched it before the 2021, and I have no desire to go back, but... It's charming. I find it very charming. I mean, if it hits you Plus, at the right time. battle pug. Not having to do with this podcast, but uh, I'm starting to kind of tentatively guest host on an AEW podcast. Oh. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. The first episode came out and I think it went pretty well. They were not scared off by me analyzing the psychosexual aspects of every match at revolution tomorrow. <laughs> okay. That sounds like fun. Is it called the AEW podcast or do you have a name? Um, all elite talk. All elite talk. There's another movie coming out soon. What is it? Is it Deadpool? Yeah, that one's out later this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's July. It's around my birthday. No, that's not it. Okay. I think. Movie premieres. Kung Fu Panda. Godzilla. King Kong rides on Godzilla. <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like grabbing a spine and getting carried more than like sitting on him. But it's still catching a ride. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Frozen Empire. Comes I still out. haven't seen the last one. Oh, it's good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people are like, oh, no, another Ghostbusters, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, it's actually really good. I thought so anyway. I saw it streaming where it was streaming at the time. Fall Guy. I don't know how to feel about Fall Guy because I know they're going to, you know, modernize it and everything, but. Part of the charm of the old one was, you know, it was practical effects from the 80s. It was in the old one. By Lee Majors. Hmm. I didn't, cool. I didn't even know there was an old one. Oh, yeah. uh, Heather Locklear and Lee Majors. And that was pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Baby. Furiosa comes out on May 24th and thank you very much on the behalf of you guys for making me watch the Fury Road because <laughs> yeah I love that movie so much yeah 
Inside Out too. I should probably see Inside Out one. It's so yeah. good. It's I can't handle that one. It kind of emotionally destroyed me <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. A Quiet Place Day One. You know, that's I watched the Quiet Place series at speed, I think at two X, and I'm glad I did. I still haven't seen the first or second one. Twisters. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's so bitter. That's another one that's bittersweet because Bill Paxton's not around anymore, right? Yeah, I loved the original so much. Like I watched it constantly on HBO. What do you all think about Borderlands? I can't get into first person shooters. Okay, I love. I I do love first person shooters. I've played some of Borderlands too. I haven't finished it, and I was checking earlier to see if it was installed still. I like a bunch of the actors in it. I'm worried that it looks that way by accident and not on purpose because it should be over the top and campy. Like that's the whole thing about the series. But we'll see. Wait a minute. There's an untitled Karate Kid movie due out December 13th. Oh, yeah. With Ralph I don't Macchio. Know if, yeah. I think it's keeping this stuff from the series. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's. I'm reading the description, and I don't think it is, and that sucks because I'd I'd want it to continue the series at this point. Yeah, the series is so good. The Lord of the Rings, the War of Rotorim, Rotorim, the Rohirrim. Yeah, it's uh, animated, and I really like a lot of the voice actors in it. When are we gonna get the next um, ring? series on Prime. Amazon? Is it better than that other animated Lord of the Rings movie? <laughs> the Hobbit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if you grew up in the 70s and 80s, that was the bomb. <laughs> Alright? I just love watching how you can see the budget run out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Ooh. I just stumbled upon a movie that's coming out later this year. Which is called The Great Salish Heist. Mm. And it's uh, some natives steal back their artifacts from the uh, Royal Western Canadian Museum. It has like Trisha Helfer, Graham Greene. Trisha Helfer, Graham Greene. Canadian. Yes. Trisha Helfer hasn't done anything for a couple of years. No, she's been. I was just looking her up yesterday to see what she's been doing. She's been. Um, she was in the Step Up High Water TV series in 2022. Well, that's a couple of years. And uh, yeah, but I mean, last year she didn't do anything, but there was also the strike. So yeah. But no, she's been working really regularly still. Hey, Trisha Helfer. The woman who helped me realize I was bi. (laughs) (laughs) Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2024.